Hello, and welcome to Mastermind Mastery, the podcast for professionals who want to create and run successful peer advisory councils, or as we call them, PACs for short, or they're also known as peer groups or business mastermind groups. I'm your host, Tina Corner Stoltz, founder of Alex Council, where I've been in the industry running groups since 2005 and now help those like you with education, certification, and support wanting to do the same. At one time, I ran 10 groups, nearly 100 members, and sold my groups for a good multiple, and recently released my second book, Your Seat at the Table, How to Create and Run Your Own Peer Advisory Councils, published by Forbes and grateful to you that it's an Amazon bestseller. I invite you to join each week where we share strategies and techniques to successfully launch and become a master of running your packs. You'll hear insights, perspectives, do's and don'ts, learn from my and my guests' mistakes, successes, and get the inside track to key takeaways. Each time we have a guest, we'll be having a bit of fun. So are you ready? Let's get going and dive into today's episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of Mastermind Mastery. I'm Tina Corner Stultz, your host, and today we have a wonderful guest, Adam Coffey. And Adam, actually, I reached out to him from finding him on LinkedIn, and it was because I was impressed with this type of peer group that he is doing, a chairman's group. And I believe for everyone out there today, you're going to really hear about some kind of tactics, but also just open your mind into a whole nother level of a group that is existing out there today. And maybe you're what you're going to do is walk away with some ideas about how you can up your game with the members that are currently in your group. So welcome, Adam, to the show today. Tina, it's good to be here. Hello to all your listeners out there. I'm uh, I'm all cozy in my home office here. I'm I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. You you are. I love the fireplace. I miss that. It, it, it warms my backside all winter long when it's cold <laughs> here in Dallas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just need a fake one here in um, St. Petersburg. <laughs> <laughs> So Adam has an amazing background, and I will not do justice, um, but you will hear that come out in our conversation today, I am positive about. But his amazing background is how he has built companies um, multiple times into the billion-dollar category, right, Adam? Yes, ma'am. Yes, and how he has taken that knowledge and how it's going to particularly um, has enabled him to create this chairman's board group. So our key takeaways today that I am expecting you all to get out of this is, first of all, again, opening your mind up to another type of group and hearing actually what Adam does with his group and how it succeeds and just gives you some ideas on how maybe you can add value to the groups that you're doing or as you're thinking about being in the mastermind peer group world, the type of group that's right for you. So Adam... As we get started, what would be helpful is kind of how did you come up with the concept of starting this group and how long ago was that? Yeah. So listen, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of things about my background, I was a Fortune 500 executive at GE during the Jack Welsh era. Um, that led me to call it, you know, a 21 year career as a CEO building three national companies for nine different private equity sponsors. Um, and, and I was a buy and build guy. I bought 58 companies. I combined them, multiple hold periods, multiple exits, you know, billions of dollars in, in successful exits. And I got bored. You know, I got bored being a CEO 
impacting one company at a time. I wanted to, you know, I've been very successful, you know, financially, et cetera. And it's like, I, I wanted to give back. I wanted to be able to impact multiple companies at a time. And so I had been teaching for 15 years at UCLA in the executive MBA program, working with a, a professor, a couple of professors there who, you know, I wasn't teaching classes. You know, I was a CEO, but I was a guest, guest visitor, guest, you know, speaker. And I was loving you know, speaking to cohorts of executive MBA students, you know, every new cohort comes in, it's going to wind up, you know, I'm, I'm in front of them. And, and it was a global audience, you know, about 50% of each cohort was international. And so I was loving the teaching aspect, was really tired of being the CEO thing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how can I change my paradigm around? And so I hung up my CEO cleats two years ago and I started a consulting business. I still work with private equity and I sit on boards and coach their CEOs. Um, and I work with founders who are scaling and transitioning. And I teach, I still write books. I've got three number one bestsellers. Um, I, I'm, I'm conducting seminars globally for a global audience. And and, you know, I've been on like 150 podcasts. And so when I meet people, I ask them, how did you hear about me? I heard you on a podcast. I read one of your books. You know, you taught, you know, me, I was in one of the cohorts, you know, that you you taught at UCLA or, or someplace else. Um, I also did Pepperdine in uh, Oxford. You know, so there were there were different different places where I've I've spoken and, and have appeared. And, and so, you know, as I transitioned out, you know, I started I started working, doing my thing and it just kind of morphed. And so I got to give credit to a guy out there named JT Fox. Mm -hmm. JT Fox and I are partners. You know, he, he, uh, he calls himself the world's, you know, he's a, he's a very successful guy. Um, you know, nine, nine figure entrepreneur. And he, he, you know, I call him kind of, he's like the promoter, you know, and we started doing seminars together. And so when we started doing seminars, you know, a logical call it permeation, you know, I get hundreds of people, you know, the first stage I spoke on, we had over a thousand people from from literally, you know, 77 countries. And, you know, it, and it was magical the first time he and I were together on stage. And so it was his brain trust to create the chairman group. And what, okay. what you know, so, so what we did is we created a high end exclusive, um, call it coaching program um, for ultra wealthy, ultra successful um, business entrepreneurs. And so the German group today has Fortune 500 senior executives. It has uh, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners, you know, some with, you know, revenues, you know, upwards of 400 million, you know, in, in size. And so we created this exclusive, you know, group for very successful entrepreneurs, high, high end people. And when they attend my events, they, you know, if they come see the seminars, mm -hmm. they get prior, they get priority seating. They get let in first, you know, their seats are up front. You know, we work together monthly via Zoom. We do one-on-one -on -one coaching and then we do group events a couple weekends a year here in Dallas. They all come in, see me here in Dallas. And I try to make that experience special for, for, for each of them. And so when you think about the format, let me kind of go all the way back for a second. Sure. And that is when you're putting, you know, these high, what you call the, high net worth, very successful um, executives together. What kind of criteria, though, are you using to be sure that they all feel like they're peers in the room, right? Because that's yeah. that's kind of an important criteria. Matter of fact, you know, when I when I talk to a lot of people and, you know, they, they're they're open to coaching, they're open to being a part of a mastermind or a peer group. 
One of the, the, the issues that a lot, a lot of them talk to me about is, hey, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. When I'm in my typical peer group, the problem I have is I'm the one doing the talking and the teaching you know, in the group, and I'm not getting, I'm not learning. And so I know I'm in the wrong room. And so they're looking for a higher end experience, one where they're matched kind of from a, a global, and this is a global peer group. I've got people from all over the world um, in multiple con continents. Um, and, and so they, they all are like, these are very successful people and they want to be in a room filled with other very successful people and they want to truly learn. They're not there to be flashy and flamboyant and show off what they've accomplished. They're there to learn. That's why they're here. And so, you know, we, we I, I, I kind of do have them segregated into cohorts. I've got a real estate, call it investment cohort. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, a professional services cohort, you know, a kind of a more blue collar services type cohort. So I, I try to try to think of, you know, we do some group events where we're all together. Sure. Um, and when we're when we're doing that, I try to focus, you know, the content around things that are helpful and beneficial to all. But aside from beneficial for all, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching then with each of the members of the peer group. So they get that one-on-one -on -one specialty kind of attention mm -hmm. you know, in addition to the group content. And so we do, we, we have this regular rhythm. We do weekly Zooms. We do, you know, twice a year, we're in person for a weekend. And then they have a certain block of hours that they can use for one-on-one -on -one coaching with, with me. And in this particular case, JT also participates. And so he's an expert in branding and uh, and social media presence and things like that. He and I do a TikTok video and a million people watch it. Adam Coffey does a TikTok video and five people watch it. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's not my bag. It's not my mm -hmm. thing. And, and so he's really great at branding and uh, and social media presence and how to use social media. You know, I'm the business guy. So I'm I'm the expert in scaling and M&A. And we try to feed off of each other. And so he also participates in that in that group with me. And, and so that's how we do it, though. We, we think about what are their areas of expertise? Let's kind of segregate them. Let's make sure that they've got their own little peer group working. And then let's make sure that content that we do as a group addresses all and then the one-on-one -on -one coaching with me addresses the specific. So there's multiple layers of engagement. And then, like I said, they come to seminars, they get front row seating. You know, they, you know, if I'm doing a seminar, then I'll do a private lunch with just members of the chairman group. And so we give them the exclusive feeling and experience, one-on-one -on -one content plus group content. And it's kind of all packaged together in layers. And that's how we make sure that there's the specialization that's unique to them but then the content that's good for a group or a subgroup. And, you know, it's a balancing act. And sure. I, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm still learning on, on what works, what doesn't. You know, my, my first event, I brought in one of the world's, you know, renowned experts on, on executive presence and leadership. And happens to be a professor I've known for years and worked with for years. And, you know, we brought him in and 7 million people have taken his, you know, executive presence courses online. And so it's like, hey, you know, it's like, I, I noticed that there's this as I'm doing my one on one coaching, I'm noticing there's this common thread. And I want to address that in one of our group sessions. And let's bring in the world's renowned expert on that and and talk about this for the benefit of the group. And so it's not just me, I'll also bring sure. in additional resources too. Mm -hmm. And when you're I want to clarify something probably for our audience is that how often are they coming together in their cohort? 
So that's a good question. So we're together formally monthly, you know, as an entire group. I'm doing the one-on-one coaching, call it six sessions a year. And, and so we're, we're, we're kind of timing those so that mm-hmm. they've got some time to move the ball down the field and then right. we're in person. Mm-hmm. I encourage and connect the subgroups. I couldn't tell you if they're meeting daily, weekly, monthly, or whenever they have an issue, they're calling up. Think of it like, a, a you know, a, and in some respects, you know, what, what YPO is really good about, you know, when they put the cohort together, these people are then interacting. There's some YPO led content. There's some one-to-one content. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say that this is going on in my group as, as well. They're just all very high-end people with, yeah. with large businesses or, or high levels of success. And so I know they're tapping into each other kind of broadly, um, you know, ad hoc as, as they see fit. I'm not tracking that interaction. Right. Well, and, you know, you mentioned something a minute ago, which is when we were talking about they have to feel like they're with their peers. You and I have talked about this, but I would like the audience to hear this point of, why do they join your group? Yeah, versus it's a great question. Something else. Yeah, because yeah. my group is not cheap. Matter of fact, you know, I, I would say, I'm, I'm, you know, I went from zero to seven figures, you know, in this group, you know, very quickly, and so it, it's uh, not seven figures what they pay in totality the, as a group, and so it's mm-hmm. a high end group, much more expensive than your typical Vistage type mm-hmm. you know, share group or or even YPO. Uh, All right, so, I'm going to pause you for a second. Do you mind yeah. sharing for the audience? So they they're probably in their head calculating right now. Okay, about I wonder how much he really charges. Well, as you're talking, forty members of the group, anywhere from fifteen to fifty thousand, and so exactly. you know, call it on, on average forty people, twenty five thousand each. It's a million dollar, you know, call yeah. it annual peer group, and. Yeah. You know, and and so and there's the three cohorts, and we do stuff group individual. So they get the one-on-one coaching um, yeah. from me, and you know, I'm, I'm a, don't mind saying I'm an expensive coach. I get that. I understand that. My 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 time is valuable, and and you know, I, I genuinely care about people and want to help people. I get compensated for my time because now that I'm no longer CEO, that's how I earn a living, and so yeah, I'm not exactly. ashamed. I'm not ashamed, you know, of of mm-hmm. that, and you know, my my hourly coaching rates have more than doubled, you know, in the two years that I've been doing this. And so, uh, you know, I would also tell you for for all your your, your people out there listening, when I started this, I had hundred percent capacity, and I had, you know, I had a goal from an, an income perspective, you know, and as I am am filling capacity. You know, I'm you know raising rates, and mm-hmm. when capacity isn't dropping off, I'm raising rates, and you know it's like it's finding that sweet spot or that balance where where people are willing, and and I think you know again it goes back to hey listen if I'm a successful entrepreneur and I've got a business with more than a hundred million in revenue, um, wh- wh- where's my peer group? You know, where where where's the wheelhouse that's going to really challenge me? you know, as an individual and, and where am I going to get something? And I think one thing that's great for all your listeners is that broadly speaking, everybody in today's world is accepting of coaching and mentoring and peer groups. And they recognize the value that can come from mm-hmm. learning from others, you know, whether it's the the, the coach, but a, a lot of my clients have said, you know, Adam, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I'm in the wrong room. It's like, and so there are some people who teach from a, a theoretical perspective. And so they rely on their academic credentials and I've written papers and books. And, and then there's guys like me, who's I'm a practitioner. You know, I had, I had two and a half billion dollars in exits 
before I ever coached anybody. And, you know, and I had been writing, you know, books and continue to write, write my books, but you know, it's, it's so, so I, some people like to experience, um, you know, and learn from people who have walked in their shoes and have been on the road that they seek to travel. And I've done I've done that in multiple industries. Uh, and so I have a credibility, I think, as a, a senior executive and as a, a guy who's built billion dollar businesses and monetized them, um, you know, that that they appreciate and they they resonate. That's not true for everybody. You know, and some people are like, hey, I'm looking for the discount. You know, some people can't afford, you know, call it. Uh, you know, so and so sometimes it's price that drives us. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's the it's the learning experience. Hey, I'm a PhD. I'm an academian. I want to learn from other academians. And mm-hmm. so some people value different methodologies. Some people learn better in different, call it, settings. And mm-hmm. so I, I find that my clients want a personal touch from a senior executive who has exceeded their own personal goals and objectives. And they feel that there's there they can climb a mountain with me and get someplace new that a, an alternate peer group might not allow them to achieve. They, they would get an, a forum, you know, to say, I've done this, but they aren't learning. And so I, I think that's why I resonate with the people that I, I do resonate with. Two points um, here. One is, is I always talk about with those that are wanting to get into this space is that the actual member first joins because of them, right? Yeah. The moderator running the group. And that is what I'm hearing from you because you have, you're bringing to the table and you have to have that same kind of level experience that they do. Otherwise you're not going to be able to relate and yeah. also talk right at that level and also attract their peers to the, to the group. So that's one and then second is I also hear is that you have not everybody actually pays exactly the same thing, right? And that that's okay because one of the other things that we teach is is that you always have to work at your market pricing, right? And and what is it that you can command, especially as you get better and better and better and your chairman's group gets better and better and better, and there's more value being driven, right? And so so let me just talk on that for a second. So the reason I vary my rates um, really has to do with the amount of one-on-one coaching a person receives. And so uh, if a person wants to be a member of the chairman group, um, they can at a lower price point, they get less Mm one-on-one coaching. You know, as they, um, as my price levels go up, you know, and, and so my lowest group gets less coaching and they attend one of the annual events as opposed to two. Um, the the higher price points, people get a, a larger block of one-on-one coaching time and then they get this, you know, the, the second event. And so I think it's okay to tier our products and services, you know, as a, you know, call it a mastermind coach, mm-hmm. you know, as, as, as a peer group coach, it's okay to have different levels and, and keep in mind that, that not everybody fits into, you know, one, you know, one mold, you know, we have different types of people and I want to, I want to build a welcoming and in, in a place that's, that's attractive at multiple price points. It also allows room for growth. So if a person comes into me and they start at a lower end, as they're finding success and growth in their own business, or they're just testing, they're putting their toe in the water. Mm-hmm. 
And then they're deciding, okay, I'm, I'm, I, I like this. I want more. They now then have the more and, and the more comes. And we continuously are adding to the chairman group as an example, you know, so I just did this group of seminars in September. It was the first time, you know, the chairman group, you know, was invited to be allowed into the room first to pick their seats First, to have reserved seating where the rest of the people were general admission. We mm -hmm. did a lunch for them, you know, where we were together with them during, you know, during during the seminar. And, and so, you know, it's priority this, priority that. And, and, you know, and so it continues to morph. It continues to grow. You know, I continue to learn. And uh, and so those tiers, I think, are important. We shouldn't force everybody into one price point. We, we should we should tier our offering to attract a wider group because um, some people want to try it like it, buy mm -hmm. it, you know, and, and, or, you know, they, as they're growing, you know, then it's like, okay, I need more of this because it's working mm -hmm. for me. And, and so I, I now have a different appreciation of, of the value that's there. Yes. Right. And it also creates a little bit of, I want to aspire to be right in yeah. the elite level of whatever the offer is. Yeah. And, and so like, as another example, as, as I was working on the, the, my latest book, Empire Builder, um, the chairman group were the first to read Empire Builder, you know, and I had them read it before it was pre-released, you know, and uh, and you know, I wanted their their input, and they were then the 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 first people to be able to leave reviews for me on uh, on Amazon when it came out, and and so it's like you know, little exclusives, you know, always nice, always always helpful, um, but I do my best to try to add value. I I told you this off camera. It's like my goal and objective. If someone is going to pay me money. I take that very seriously. I don't mind taking millions of dollars from a PE group and institutional shareholders. I'll do that all day long. Exactly. Right. Yes. But when, but when you as an individual are trusting me yes. and writing a check or giving me a credit card, you know, for hard earned money in your, what I'll call, you know, small to medium sized business, I, I, I feel this level of uh, responsibility mm -hmm. to, to to need to really add value. So my personal goal and objective is at a minimum, you know, if someone is paying me money to be in my peer group, then I, I want to make sure that they're getting at least 10 times the value of what they're paying within the year, you know, and can tangibly point to it and say, because of working with Adam in the peer group, I've made these adjustments to my business. It's led to this much growth or this much increased profitability. My ultimate goal, though, is a hundred times. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like someone who works for me if they make an investment. You know, if they're going to invest the kind of money that I'm charging them, you know, ten times, eh, that's a good return on investment that keeps you there. Hundred times, that's a home run. That's a that's a that's a really good reason to be in the room. And if I can't earn your trust, or if I can't hit those goals and objectives, then I don't deserve to have anybody renew and, mm -hmm. you know, and or stay with me for a, a, a second year. And so personally, I think as coaches, we each need to think about what our offering is in terms of a monetary gain for our clients. If I'm charging 10 grand a year, I better be giving them $100,000 worth of value you know, up to a million dollars worth of value, you know, and it's like, if I can't deliver at least that, you know, on the low end, if I'm charging 10 grand, if I can't help them with a hundred grand of improvement to their lives or their business, you don't deserve a renewal. You know, mm -hmm. and so I, I, I like to challenge coaches to think about, it's not just about what can I teach or how do I occupy time? It's how can my client translate what they're learning here to revenue, to earnings, you know, that improves their lives. And right. if results, can, yeah, has to be results driven. Mm -hmm. and, it's 
interesting in that the other day I was sitting in somebody's peer group meeting and an aha moment kind of came to me. And it is about the impact that, you know, you're talking about the impact that you're making that is tangible and you can um, wrap your head around it factually with a result. Right. And so it's quantitative. It's not fluffy. Yeah, this is what I think. And so and that's because I come from that world. You know, I'm, I'm a former, you know, Fortune 500 executive and a CEO. It's like everything's quantitative, you know, and or you're not there. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I encourage, you know, the audience right now to take this and think about um, I call them impact testimonials. Instead of just a regular testimonial about how people love to work with you and blah, blah, blah. What is the impact that you have made by them being involved in your group on their lives, on their business tangibly? And there's so many times that this is a direct, but then also an indirect impact as well, even personally and professionally, right? So, you know, personally, it could impact their families, their their leadership, et cetera but encourage everybody to measure the impact, right? And, and if you can do that, if you can really demonstrate that that kind of value, you, know, I'm th- you, you were talking about that. I was thinking of, of a person I'm, I'm coaching right now. And when I started working with them 18 months ago, they had less than $2 million in earnings. Um, and you know, 18 months later now, we're over 10 million in earnings on our way to 12 to 15 million of earnings in 24. Now hiring an investment banker, that company will sell for 150 to 175 million, you know, in the first half of, of next year. And I think about the tangible value of, well, at 2 million, you know, that company was worth X. 18 months later with me, they're about ready to monetize it. This is a founder-led business, about ready to monetize it for like 150 to 175 million. Hey, that's tangible. You know, Very. now what do you think about that money you paid me? Sounds mm-hmm. like a bargain, you know, in, mm-hmm. in my world. I helped that person build an MA team. I helped that person, you know, do MA buy, buy and build. Um, I've helped that person hire, you know, the people, help that person, you know, hire the banker. You know, it's like, you know, as I develop these relationships, it's like success stories like that, those are quantifiable. You know, that's, you know, that's X to Y, 2 million in earnings to 12 million in earnings Mm -hmm. times a multiple Mm -hmm. about to be realized and cash in, cash in the bank. Taking it to the bank. Yeah. And and I and now I think about that success and and this, this, this person's also become a friend, right? So a lot of my clients Mm -hmm. become friends. Of course. Yeah, you know, I don't really have friends outside of my work life. They're 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 work friends. We have family. It's like my wife and I spend. We were talking about this the other night. We spend all our time with family. Friends require maintenance, you know, and we <laughs> have to engage and you know be a part of the world. And so most of my friendships come out of people that I'm working with, mm-hmm. and we're like minded, and and we're working together mm-hmm. to build something, and mm-hmm. we develop a bond and a friendship. But yes. boy, you need to be able to quantify the success that 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 they are having. And not everybody will will be able to quantify their own su- success. I have other clients that you know, frankly, I I almost think they're just really wealthy people who just need a friend and want to be. You know, and, and so I, I also call myself a business shrink, you know, mm-hmm. in some regards, because mm-hmm. there's there's that people element. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so some people I help in different ways. Yes. You know, it's the camaraderie of being around other successful people. It's the it's what I learn about my business or it's just, hey, I just like to be around other people. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and speaking uh, of learning, as we kind of get to a close, I have two questions. So okay. one, learning. When you think about your journey 
of starting your chairman's group, et cetera. When you reflect back, what's been your biggest learning? So it's interesting because the chairman group was not even on my radar screen when I started my consulting business. I was going to do a bunch of consulting with PE. Mm -hmm. And I discovered uh, a bottleneck with private equity. I can only be in so many cities at a time, three weeks after a quarter close when everybody wants to hold a board meeting. So I limited the number of boards I do. I don't limit the amount of coaching I did. That got me to start you know, working with founders. Founders don't have formal boards that meet three weeks after a quarter close. You know, it's like I, you know, and it opened up a whole new revenue. So my idea was, was private equity, my wheelhouse. I'm going to work with private equity firms. The bottleneck created the shift and the ancillary revenue stream, which became me coaching and working with entrepreneurs, that you know kind of created the shift to the chairman group. So I can honestly tell you, when I started this business two years ago, the chairman group wasn't even on my radar screen. Mm-hmm. It was not something that I even contemplated. And so I think, you know, if I think about my own personal, you know, learnings, it's it's to not be so rigid in my thinking that I can only be X. It's be open and receptive and and I guess be tuned in to what the market's telling you and what the opportunities are and allow yourself to morph. And I, I told people, you know, most enlightening thing for me, when I was a CEO, I had to look at the world through a very narrow lens, which is my company, my shareholders, my mm-hmm. investors. And I have to ignore all the opportunities that are out there in the world. Well, when I stopped being a CEO, the world became a much bigger, broader place. And what I thought I knew about building my business is now about one third of my revenue and two thirds was created because I took the, the blinders, blinders off. off. And and now, you know, I, I used to tell people I thought my largest paydays were behind me because I was a CEO building big companies and selling them. And I'm actually realizing now that my biggest paydays are still in front of me because I'm now free to collaborate with multiple companies and entrepreneurs and businesses in ways I was not able to before. So you, as a as a coach, as a mentor, as a peer group leader, absolutely need to stop looking at life through this narrow focused lens and start thinking broader, bigger. Um, because, you know, I, I think if my experience is any, you know, any guide for you, it's that I'm creating two thirds of my revenue for my coach or for my, my consulting business in areas I never contemplated two years ago. And so mm-hmm. I, I don't see why you can't either, you know, think about how mm-hmm. can I broaden my 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 reach, my touch, what I'm offering and uh, be open, be open, be creative. That's what I've learned the most is not be rigid in my thinking very critical in this world and how it changes and what everybody's needs are because those are changing and if you're not evolving to match your right members needs it's going to be a problem which you may have sort of touched on this a little bit because my last question is what piece of advice would you give the audience who either they're thinking about running groups or they're already running them Um, And so through your experience, it could be anything um, in regards to advice, but what comes to mind that you would love to share? So so people ask me if I could have lived my life over again, what's the one thing I would have changed professionally? And I always tell them, I wish I would have left the CEO seat 10 years earlier. So if you're working for somebody else, 
you're uh, you're missing the boat on wealth creation. So I, you know, those of you who are thinking about doing something, I, I would tell you stop thinking, start doing. For one, we never get wealthy collecting a paycheck from somebody else, uh, and, and if if wealth is what we're seeking. Um, I, I'm making more than I ever made as a CEO. I'm at home every day, you know, and I'm going out for with a walks fireplace with, with a fireplace and I'm going out for walks, you know, and I'm really, really enjoying life. And so it's not a chore. And I actually work more hours than I used to as a CEO when it was a grind and stressful. So I, I, I would tell you, be a, you know, be a doer, not a dreamer. That's one. If you're running something today already and you're a coach, you know, then I, I would tell you, going back to my Fortune 500 roots, how are you challenging yourself? You know, how, how are you holding yourself accountable? Because the biggest problem I see with entrepreneurs, you know, when I'm a, a CEO and I have a board of directors, if I don't bring it and if I don't hit my numbers, I get fired. You know, I get I get whacked. Who's going to fire you? Nobody. And so I see too many entrepreneurs that don't hold themselves accountable. They don't plan. They don't stretch or push themselves. You know, you you and, and no one is holding them accountable. And so they get into some kind of a rut and they get very comfortable with where they're at. You know, I remember doing a LinkedIn post last year on January 1st. I'm sure I'll do another one this year on January 1st. I did it at 4 a.m. And while the rest of the world was sleeping, I was laying out. Or my... just going to bed. Yeah, yeah. And I and I went to bed before midnight, actually, because I'm a boring, you know, 59-year-old guy and don't care anymore. If the world doesn't blow up when New York, you know, gets to midnight, then I'm good. You know, We're good. I, can, yeah. I can check out, right? So, you know, it, it's, it's, but I, I started the year with what are my goals and objectives? And I'm only flashing here for a second, but there's a whiteboard in my office. You know, and on January 1st at 4 a.m., I am articulating what my goals and objectives are, what my objective measurements are going to be. And then I started breaking it down into my first quarter plan, my second quarter plan. I had achieved in, in most of my initiatives my annual plan before the end of the first half. You know, and it's like I it focuses me every morning. I look up, it's staring me in the face. It doesn't go away. You know, and so it's what am I going to accomplish? How am I going to accomplish it? How am I going to measure it? How am I going to hold myself accountable? And if you want something in life, then you need to press yourself and work towards it. Because the difference between success and failure is, you know, in my mind, it's effort. You know, it's the effort we put into it. And mm -hmm. a lot of successful entrepreneurs have been knocked down or they've failed, you know, or, or had failures. I learn more from failures than I do from wins. And if all I did was win, I would never know that there was more for me to uh, mm -hmm. accomplish. It's like, it's good to get knocked down once in a while, but that's the biggest problem entrepreneurs have. We don't hold ourselves accountable. And as a result, mediocrity becomes okay and acceptable. Mm -hmm. Comfort. So yeah. absolutely. Well, Adam, what a great conversation. Well, and thank you. A yes. fireside chat. It, oh, I, yes. You know, especially at this time of year, it's perfect. Yes. Um, how can our audience get in touch with you, find your books, et cetera. Um, will you sure. So, um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn every day, Adam Coffey, C-O-F-F-E-Y. And I respond to people on, on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me there. AdamCoffey.com is a, a website for my seminars, the chairman group, 
adamecoffee.com is my personal uh, website for for individual coaching clients that I do outside of the group events. Um, and my books are anywhere fine books are sold. Just you know, go to Amazon, type in my name, and poop there. They you know they'll pop up and and, and they're there. And I, again, I, I donate the royalties to charity. They're available in every format you can imagine: audiobooks, um, Kindle, you know, and uh, you know, paperback, hardcover. So I, I encourage your listeners to engage. You know, let's uh, let's start a peer group for peer groups. Yes. Yeah. That would be fun. Let's let, let, let's start a, a a chairman group for mastermind leaders. And that's exactly right. You watch out. I'll be calling you. Um, <laughs> yes, and, and of course, in the show notes, we'll have Adam's um, LinkedIn profile, so you can um, also connect it from there. And again, Adam, thank you for your time today and sharing your insights. Um, I know well, the audience- thank you for having me, and uh, happy holidays to you and all your listeners. The same. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Mastermind Mastery. And until the next episode next week on Tuesdays, um, have a great, productive week. Hey, moderators of groups. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To get access to today's show notes and exclusive content and resources, visit tinacornerstoltz.com backslash podcast or lxcouncil.com where you can also become part of an exclusive online community, attend our academy, or get free resources, templates, checklists, and more. And you can even contact me there as well. So if this episode resonated with you and you know someone who can also benefit from listening, please share with them by taking a screenshot and even posting on your social media. I also love reviews and appreciate hearing from each of you, those actually doing this wonderful work. Please tune in next week for another episode of Mastermind Mastery. And I'll close by sharing something my mentor did after every learning moment. He shared a shiny pebble from his pocket with anyone he passed knowledge to and asked them to forward that pebble knowledge on. So now I encourage you to go pass on a pebble, the takeaways you learned today to either your existing groups or fellow peers. Now go make it a great one.